good night. Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Forrest Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about cocktailing in the French capital and bring you other small batch spirits and alcohol news from France and beyond. So this month, I'm really happy to have Sebastian Borel in the studio. We're going to talk about his project and about how technology is changing or, or maybe not the world of wine. He's opened, he opened his first temporary wine shop, Earth Wine and Fire, last spring. And through, his, through pop-up wine shops, he sells wine, but he also uses the occasion to showcase an app that he developed with an associate called Ferment. So welcome to the show, Sebastian. Thank you so much. Very happy to be here. Well, I'm very happy to be have you here. As as you know, I'm excited to talk about kind of how digital the di- digital things are are evolving the world of wine. So, can I, I gave a really brief introduction? Can you um, introduce yourself a little bit more to our listeners and tell them a little bit about uh, the pop up wine events or shops and the application? Of course, uh, talking about me, I love it. Uh, the uh, I'm uh, 50 years old. I was born in Montreal, Canada. Uh, I was raised and educated in France, adopted by French people. Uh, and I think all these elements are important uh, because they affected the way I perceive the world of wine. I'm not exactly an, in, an indigenous person here. So uh, I'm always a little bit outside the world of wine. I'm very much involved in it. But because I was not born here, because I'm black, I'm slightly different than the rest of the uh, people who work in the wine industry in France. So this is important. Uh, and also wine is a second career for me. I started my uh, professional life uh, working for television. I produced and I worked as a first assistant director for many documentaries uh, traveling around the world. I did some work in uh, on X-Files in, uh, in British Columbia. So uh, it's a second career, so it's really a choice of passion for me. So I decided to go in the wine industry because I loved wine. And uh, I had an ex- sort of a, a different vision of the, the whole industry. And uh, slowly, I became aware of a lack of uh, technology in um, the wine industry, especially in the end part of the, uh, the wine industry, meaning retail, uh, exchanging between professionals, like if you want, to, if you're a wine buyer, you don't really have any tools to to buy wine. So I thought there's lots to do, and this is why uh, the idea of uh, ferment uh, started growing in my mind. And I found someone, the right person, to develop it. Uh, what we do and what ferment does is two things. Uh, it's an app, and it's an app that allows you to open a pop-up store in a minute. So if you want to sell wine. You don't need to to find a payment solution. You don't need to uh, rent an ERP. You don't need to open a web-based shop. You can all do it in one single place on your phone. It's very basic, very simple, very efficient. This is one option of Ferment. The other solution of Ferment is a B2B solution. It's basically a tasting notebook. Same ID. It's a catalog. You can find the product, but instead of buying the product, you can rate them. Okay. write about it and rate them, and it's something that doesn't exist in the world of wine. And as you probably know, uh, the wine industry is a people's uh, industry. People meet each other, drink together, taste wine together, and so a little tool that helps you during those exchanges is crucial. So this was the idea behind Ferment. 
Well, um, two things I have to say about what you just said. One, you do not look 50. That's crazy. <laughs> Listeners, I'm looking at this person, and he doesn't look 50. I'll put a picture up in the show notes so you, so you can judge for yourselves. And two, um, I did. I signed up for uh, – I downloaded the app uh, yesterday and um, created an account. And it's very. it seems very simple. It seems very simple and straightforward and, and intuitive. So um, – and again, I'll put sh- links to the app in the show notes as well so you listeners can discover that for yourselves. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what motivated you to apply digital solutions to um, to the world of wine. And it sounds like you've kind of explained this a little bit. You know, you saw something was lacking. Um, is there anything else that you have to, to say about, you know, why this solution was is digital the only, only way that you could have solved the problem that Ferment solves? Um, maybe we're not the only solution, but clearly we, we came up as a solution for that. If you go to wine shop today, uh, and if you went to a wine shop like I did 20 or 30 years ago, uh, I live exactly the same experience. The, mm, the cavies, the people who sell wine in wine shops, uh, they are usually passionate about wine. But when I go to the wine shop in the morning, they're behind their computer trying to uh, enter new registration, opening boxes of wine. And in the evening, they spend the, the entire time behind the till, mm. just uh, at the register, you know, dealing with the money, they, they always struggle to find the proper reference of the wine, so it takes forever, and they never really do their job. And uh, I thought about that, and uh, a few years back, I also run a wine shop, and I've been exposed to these difficulties and the challenge to find a simple tool that was not too expensive and that was really adapted to the world of wine. Everything in retail, especially affordable solutions, come from the world of clothes. So basically, when you try to use these, you end up like collection, color, sizes, and you don't know, what am I going to do with that? So you have to sort of uh, use the uh, size as the size of a bottle, but uh, they only accept 32 to 45, so you're like, oh, whatever. So it's really very complicated, uh, and I thought definitely we could do something simple. Why uh, is it possible to do it in the clothes industry and to be able to open a pop-up store with a lot of cheap solutions, and why isn't it possible for the world of wine? So that was my first inclination, and I noticed this problem, and I said, only if I can solve that and make it easy for a, a producer to, to enter reference into a catalog and be able to come up with a price and sell it easily, if I can smoothen this entire process, I'm going to bring something to this industry. And this was the idea. Great. Um, have you noticed any differences between how other sectors in the drinks industry are applying technology, uh, maybe in spirits, the spirits world or beer or even soft drinks, um, uh, sodas or mixers? Have you seen differences in how they might be applying technology as opposed to how the wine world is? And can you share those observations? Different words, uh, but somehow these two, the, the, these two universes are converging. So for me, uh, beer and spirits uh, until let's say a decade ago, it was industrial. Mass marketing, mass production. There were those big companies were the first one to really come up with interesting websites, uh, interesting interactions, like uh, you go to a sports event and you find like a, a proper product and they'll be communicating uh, slowly using social networks. So they were really uh, using all this technology with tremendous budgets and they could build up teams uh, to really create interesting 
uh, so, uh, marketing and digital solutions. While the world of wine is very, very conservative, though production doesn't want to really be seen on social networks, use technology because they're so happy to be stateless products, or very small uh, initiatives who didn't have the money to do anything. Mm. Social networks become so big, they are so easy, so accessible that even the small producers today can play exactly alongside the big ones. They use the same tools. Uh, if they have the brains, the energy and the time, they can really produce as much content, interesting interaction as any big player. Mm. And actually, uh, it's a general trend. I think people want to interact with real people. The more you access you have to social networks, the more access you have to different products, the more you want to see the people behind the products. Yeah. So actually, as a small producer, if you are the one behind your social networks, and uh, you're the one who produces the content, you get a better access, better interaction with people that a big company that will have to pay people, uh, social media managers, and you know people sort of feel it at some point, and they're not that crazy about it. So yeah. uh, you have those big players, uh, uh, breweries and the spirit companies, they're enormous, they have a lot of money, they produce marketing, and there's the emergence of uh, craft beers, People are more and more interested in uh, artisan spirits and stuff. So all of a sudden, you see that the, uh, the nature of spirits and beers uh, becomes more and more like artisan wine. So they sort of converge, and they end up using the same tool at the same time. So yes, a few years back, the uh, attitude, the strategy was completely different. Today, they all want to offer experience. So they all want the users not only to drink their product, but also to live an experience. For sure. Yeah, I was actually just talking about this as well last night. Um, I had drinks with somebody who was on uh, our show a couple months ago who's behind Craft Beer France, and we were talking about you know, how they approach their social media and how they are now starting to make it more personal as opposed to just a brand. Because I do think you're right. I think consumers, um, they can sense that. They know if this is sort of packaged and marketed towards them or if it's somebody sort of that there's a real person sharing a passion and you know trying to trying to connect with them, which does lead to this kind of bigger overall experience. So, um, what about do you see any differences in the way that technology is applied to um, the wine or the drinks um, industry in France as opposed to in other countries? And can you talk about that a little bit if you think that it's a different approach here as opposed to elsewhere? It is, uh, if we talk about the wine industry, uh, there's definitely a specific case in France. Uh, there is uh, a few years back a company that was dominant uh, in their, this was, we're talking about uh, uh, early 2000. So uh, there's a company called 1855.com that became a leader in uh, selling wine online, which was at the time the uh, only technology you can find in, uh, in wine retail. Uh, and this company uh, was actually a massive Ponzi scheme. So uh, lots and lots and lots of people lost money. So wow. especially early buyers, people who were using the internet for the first time to buy wine, uh, they all lost a tremendous amount of money. And this put a stop, uh, an incredible stop, to the development of uh, of technology in uh, in wine retail. So there's technology behind before. Uh, if you think about uh, logistics, uh, the way people ship their wines today, the uh, administration is now totally dematerialized, so it's all online. You do your custom papers, and it's a, there's a shitload of that if you're in the wine industry. But now 
it's all digital. So mm. there's a lot of digital progress uh, on the f- back end, but when you go to uh, retail or interacting with the producers, there's v- it's extremely limited. Okay. Uh, and it's basically because of these events that uh, when you think about it, I think less than 6% of wine is bought online in France. So yeah, I mean, you, do you mean by the consumer uh, overall, the consumer, or b- by businesses? Consumers. Yeah, I mean, of course, because there's a there's a caviste on every corner. I mean, you don't have to wait; you mm. don't have to buy it online, and and people develop a relationship often with the caviste, even mm. if it's just the Nicola on their block. You know, they it's develop a, a relationship. It's yeah. a people's business I for do, sure. I, I agree with you totally. I think, and this is also the reason why it's it's not specific to France, but it's clearly uh, the case in France. Uh, people who came up with solutions uh, for the wine industry omitted this big part. People love going to a wine shop and chatting with people. Yeah. Uh, people love talking about themselves, what they're going to cook. and For sure. Uh, it's not just about getting knowledge from your caviste. It's about showing off like your own knowledge. You know, oh, I'm looking for this and whether or not, you know, people have... Peep, you're right. They like to talk. They like to talk about themselves. They like mm-hmm. to connect. So... Um, Yes. And in France, again, uh, about, and it's a case for every uh, big wine producing country. So, France, Italy, Spain are pretty much the same. Uh, A quarter of the wine bought in France is bought directly from the producers. So, people go Mm. to the producer, they go to uh, wine producing areas and they buy wine. They love doing that. And once they've been there. I love doing that. It's great because you get to meet the, the winemaker directly. Uh, you, you get to taste. You get a bit drunk in the wine mm-hmm. cellar. So all these kind of funny moments that you can spend with a producer is something unique that you cannot find anywhere else. So people are uh, usually uh, 85% of the wine is bought from big supermarket chains. So it's still used as a commodity. But uh, again, we're interested and I am interested in uh, the other 25% or 20% or so that are quality wines that are craft uh, mm-hmm. craft wines that are artisan wines and those wines are usually sold at the caviste simply or directly from the producers there's no need to uh, to basically order these wines online so yeah it's i think uh, it's really one of the issues uh so people didn't trust uh by internet companies because of this mishap in general in one producing areas you prefer to go to the uh uh, to the producers directly when you have a chance to do it. I think that contributed. And all the digital solutions that have been found, created, are usually used uh, to replace human interactions, like a digital sommelier mm-hmm. or things like that. And I think the wine industry, the producers, they love traveling, they love meeting people who drink their wine. The middle people, the agents, the sommeliers, they love tasting, they love meeting with the winemakers, they love exchanging directly with them, and the consumers, they love going to their wine shop and meeting their caviste. So uh, it's a people's business. So if you try to come up with a digital solution that will somehow limit these human exchanges, I think you're not welcome in the wine industry. Yeah. And people sort of make you feel it, and your project is a failure. Interesting. Well, it sounds like with, with yours... Um, you're you're addressing a need that comes you know at the end with the at the point of purchase, but also not replacing it. You're making it maybe easier for people to interact with. I don't Absolutely, the uh, with my uh, associate Schubertus, the uh, the whole we, we we said first we want to be ethical. 
we want to uh, to we don't want to replace human interactions. Actually, we want to enhance it. So we want to make these exchanges between real people a bit more human, a bit more rich, and maybe a bit more efficient. So mm -hmm. uh, if you instead of uh, exchanging your business cards when you are doing your B two B wine tasting, why don't you just send uh, use the app to send an email, get in touch, and give all your information to the winemakers directly so that he's got all the information instead of having to write it down. But you do it while you exchange and talk to each other. Yeah. So actually you have more time to chat instead of you know using business cards and writing and taking a chance to lose the business card or something. So mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's, it's a richer exchange, yeah. but it doesn't replace it. I've, uh, I remember some, uh, some of the solutions that were created uh, uh, five, ten years ago. They were like... a digital wine tasting fairs right mm. what the heck is that so mm. uh, uh people missed the point you know winemakers they love traveling when i tell you the uh, influence of digital has really affected the life of people it goes very deep it's easy to travel today 10 years ago 20 years ago it was expensive it was complicated to buy a plane ticket so winemakers were a bit reluctant to travel so it would have made some somehow to make it simpler and maybe not traveling but digital Revolution has made big, big changes, and mm -hmm. people can easily travel. They take their phone, they book a plane, they are yeah. on a plane, and they they are in Japan, and they sell wine to the Japanese uh, buyers. Yeah. So yes, the uh, uh, digital uh, evolution has allowed people to travel more, uh, and more importantly, uh, it's allowed them to to ship, especially wine producers, to ship small amounts of wine. Consolida consolidation of uh, uh, large uh, um, lots of wine shipped abroad is made possible thanks to computers. Now the travelers, the trucks can organize their routes. They can come and collect a small amount of wine. And uh, even if it's only uh, 200 bottles, you can ship that to Taiwan. Yeah. It was not possible 15 years ago. You had to have at least 200,000 bottles to be able to ship your wine to a very remote place like Taiwan. Today it's not the case. So even in uh, if you only produce thirty thousand bottles, you can have fifteen different markets all over the world. Yeah, it's interesting to think about that. To you know, when we talk about how um, the, you know the digitalization of things, we often think it, that it's applied directly to that industry wine. But it's interesting to mm -hmm. to see how things are interconnected, and so you know that uh, technology has affected other industries, which in turn affect the wine, the world of wine. So I think it's very interesting. Yes, and it's, it's, it's changed the, uh, the, 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 sh the shape of the offer. Mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, we have uh, in France now, if you go to a restaurant or wine bar, you'll have some wine from Croatia, you'll have some wine from all over the world, uh, which was not the case uh, five or ten years ago. And again, this is possible because it's possible to ship small yeah. amount of wine and it's, uh, uh, it's uh, commercially it makes sense, which was not the case a few years back. So that's really something very, very important. Mm. Uh, it has changed the, uh, uh, the, the shape of wine, literally. Cool. Well, that's good. I think more variety is, is always a good thing. It's nice for the consumer, but, you know, for the industry overall, it's, it's good. Mm. It's good for competition. It's good for all kinds of things. Absolutely. Um, can you walk us through, so your pop-up wine shop last spring, Earth, Wine, and Fire, can you just mm. explain what it was like actually a little bit mm. for the listeners because it sounds a little I'm like okay pop was mm. it was it physically somewhere was it uh, tell me about it yes uh, social networks have uh, played a very strong uh, 
uh, role in the recent uh, shape of the wine industry, uh, it's created chapels. Before, people were from a wine region, uh, so you were a, a burgundy producer and you were sort of uh, assigned to your region. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks to uh, social networks, people created sort of uh, groups and chapels that were not based on your uh, uh, origin or region of origin, but more importantly on your style of wine, on your personal affinities, uh, sometimes on your social network affinities. So it's very common to see, uh, take for instance, natural wines. You, everyone has heard about natural wines and uh, it's wine produced uh, without an addition of sulfite or a very limited amount of sulfite. So it creates wine with a specific taste and it's a, it's a style of production shared by many, many young, new, upcoming winemakers from all over the world. So uh, you see actually uh, a group of winemakers. You can have one from France, one from Austria, uh, two from New Zealand, and they'll be seen as a group and perceived as a group on the social networks, mm. much more than two producers from the same one region. We share very little in common in terms of uh, taste or style of production. So uh, this is uh, the result of the influence of social networks. And I thought uh, when I started Earth, One and Fire, we can work on a selection of wine not based on the origin of the wines or the price uh, bracket of the wine, but more importantly, on a concept that gathers these wines together. So Earth, Wine and Fire was uh, a selection of wine, uh, of wine that were uh, talking about somehow the influence of climate change on wine production. So some of the cuvées, uh, one that we selected, were uh, wines uh, that were produced uh, exceptionally because uh, in 2016, uh, the frosts were so big that some producers could not grow their own grapes. Mm. So they had to uh, import grapes from other areas. So sort of friendships uh, applied. And uh, for instance, I worked with Athénaïs de Beru, um, who is in Chablis and who lost 100% of our production in 2016 and used grapes from uh, uh, the south of France. So uh, we brought this cuvée that was uh, unique uh, for her. <laughs> Thanks God, she's more grapes this year so uh and she so she made this special cuvee uh with a solidarity grapes so grapes are really offered by friends or sold at a very small amount of money by friends and so we 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 gathered this uh, this kind of cuvees uh close to the uh the the, don the donor of the grape also had the one we presented so uh what we were trying to say is like uh, we can create a selection of wine that is not based on anything that you know, but more on uh, your uh, uh, political message, mm -hmm. uh, an alert on climate change. And I think th this would work. So this worked because you managed to reach people and they were interested. So the clients came over because they, they really liked the idea and the concept of having this kind of ones together. And it also worked uh, because the technology behind uh, was uh, light, was affordable, and uh, didn't cost a lot. So anyone... Uh, basically, to set up the store, it cost the the rental of the place, and that was it. So that 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 made it that yeah. made sense, and so it it worked on uh, many. The concept worked, the connection with people worked, and um, the tool, the digital tool, worked. So that was uh, the first uh, Earth One and Fire. Uh, what we're trying to do now as a company uh, is first sell the uh, the digital solution to other producers, not just us. Uh, we want to. Uh, would like to create a, a move where people actually can uh, easily uh, gather together, producers, and uh, open a pop-up store anywhere, 
or organizations such as uh, the ones of the Bordeaux area, mm -hmm. uh, why not open something for a couple of days and bring some cuvées or wine that you would not be able to find anywhere else. And again, we do not believe that we can sell these wines or really create an interesting moment if they're sold online only, mm -hmm. but only if people physically uh, go and see the bottles, meet the, uh, uh, the, the shop organizer or the producers, because it's also th something that you want to do, try to bring the people, uh, the producers as well, to meet the drinkers, so not just yeah. the, uh, uh, the cavists. So, um, um, and this is what you're trying to do. So we, we are in contact with other uh, producers who really have great ideas on what they want to do to uh, what uh, type of uh, pop-up store they want to create. So for now, the, uh, and I think until the end of the year, the idea is to try to let people use the tool first and see what comes out of it. And then we want to go back and do something else next year with a, in another venue, different, uh, different topics, uh, and maintain that. So uh, that's really one of the, the, the key things that we want to do now. Uh, and that's open to the public, but uh, we also developed uh, the B2B part, which mm -hmm. is basically a simple notebook that you can use when you do a tasting. Uh, and uh, you, you want to connect this notebook to uh, probably social networks as well. And uh, so it's, it's, it's more B2B, but it's definitely something that is in the same line and that will be uh, complementary to the, uh, the more like general public, Earth, One and Fire. So. Okay. Um, so last time I went to VivaTech um, here in Paris, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a very large, um, okay, yeah, <laughs> he's mm. shaking his head, yes. Yeah. It's a really large, for listeners who aren't aware, very large um, technology salon that happens in Paris once a year. So when I go, I actually generally go and look at drinks technology things. So the last time I was there, which was not this year, but the year before, um, there was a lot of things like connected wine aerators, a lot of virtual reality that was going on around like, um, like, you know, you hover your um, tablet over the label on the wine, on the wine, bottle of wine or champagne is, was this particular one. And, you know, a story unfolds. Um, there was things about how to select your wine. So do you have any, aside from, from your, from your application, any kind of favorite uh drink tech things that, that you think are useful mm. or, you know, that add something to the world of wine? I think the, uh, it's not very recent, but uh, the uh, uh, Coravin, Coravin thing, which was invented a few years back and uh, still present on all these uh, uh, technical fairs because it's, uh, it's still an advanced technology. It's a system that allows you to basically pour some wine without uh, removing the oh, cork. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, exactly, and yeah. I think it's really something very, very, very useful. I'm not sure about a connected aerator. I don't think it I wasn't really, really sold on brings it. a lot to... I don't uh, even really like a regular aerator, so... <laughs> same here. I think it's, uh, it's too violent for the wine. Yeah. And uh, as you know, wines have changed a lot, and they are drinkable now. They are very uh, produced to be drinkable uh, at an early stage. So uh, aerator is a little bit... It's a gadget. I'm not sure it has any real uh, future. But uh, the uh, Coravin is great. Added uh, augmented reality on labels... Uh, uh, as a great potential, of course. Again, it brings more of the producer uh, to the consumer. It gives uh, a fuller experience. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, still needs to be, uh, there's no real standard uh, at the moment. Uh, so if you use an Apple phone or if you an iPhone or if you mm. use a uh, Google phone or anything like this, Android, uh, the systems are different. So as until it's really built in your phone and people sort of uh, use their camera, to basically be able to access the uh, mm -hmm. metadata, um, it has no real future. But it's uh, it's a bit advanced, but clearly uh, it could be something interesting. Um, 
And I'm going to get to wrapping up here. So thank you very much for sharing um, so much information. Cheers. Cheers. In the river, darling, I'll start a shiver.